This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, our guest went from the Battle of Kharkiv in Ukraine to thriving in Canada's animation industry in Vancouver. Maria Shakula helps us understand her journey to Canada and her new career in Vancouver through scholarship. Plus, Paul Durante, former broadcaster and CEO of Artwave, helps us understand how Van Arts set up 25 Ukrainian students, including Maria, with scholarships to get their careers started. We celebrate Canadian hockey greatness for Flashback Friday. We rewind to look back at two amazing moments of hockey greatness with the Stanley Cup in Canada. Which ones? Listen in. You'll love it. Plus, are you okay with goats? How about stargazing and buy and sell? All of these things and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, it's been over a year, and here on The Shift, we have connected every single week, many times more than once a week, to Lviv and Kiev, Odessa in Ukraine. We have connected to Turkey. We've connected to all points around the Black Sea as we continue to support here on The Shift what um, Ukrainians are going through. But not only not only the, you know, the invasion parts, the politics behind it and all of that, we've learned an awful lot about that. I couldn't have told you where Ukraine was on a map. I would have been, it's over there. But in today's world now, I've been able to learn so much about the country and most importantly, and frankly, the best part is the people. Now, out of that same inspiration of helping Ukrainians, um, I'd like to introduce you to Paul. Uh, Paul is here. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Artwave, Paul Durante. Uh, and he he's sharing with us this uh, new program in support of Ukrainians with careers and I'm trying to be vague and simple on it, Paul, so you can elaborate on on what we're going on here because I don't want to speak for you. So, um, how are you? Thanks for being here, and uh, and um, and tell me what happened here. Yeah, Shane. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having myself and, and Maria on your show. Um, we it, it, it's funny how life is because uh, you know a long time ago I used to do what you do now. I used to be in the radio broadcasting industry and i couldn't have told you where ukraine was back then either um and then years go by and um i founded a company called artwave as you mentioned and we operate art galleries on cruise ships and uh, so we curate art all over the world and we sell art all over the world on cruise ships and i was very very lucky to be able to go to ukraine a few times odessa yalta kiev etc and so I learned where Ukraine is and fell in love with the country, fell in love with the people. And then years go by uh, and I'm I was in Vancouver uh, a few months ago and I was talking to my friends at this great media art school called Van Arts. And uh, we were talking about some various art projects that I was working on and they were helping me with. And the owner founder of Van Arts is a gentleman named Alan Phillips. And Alan started telling me about these Ukrainian students who were just about to graduate. And I said, Ukrainian students just about to graduate. And he told me this amazing story. And what's really great about this story, Shane, is that Alan is actually not of Ukrainian descent. He doesn't have any family there. He's just a, a local business owner who was flabbergasted when the invasion began. And as a business owner, he just wanted to do something. 
And he decided that something would be to offer scholarships to students from Ukraine. And this happened very, very quickly. Um, it was, I guess, so it was around um, March of last year, March of 2022, that all 25 scholarships had been awarded. And we can ask Maria how, um, how she saw this on her end. But basically what they did was they just decided to place ads up on Facebook and other social media platforms. And they said, if you are interested in coming to Vancouver and learning about the creative arts, the media arts, animation, photography, acting, et cetera, then contact us right away and we can arrange a full scholarship. Wow. And to put this in perspective, Shane, a scholarship, that's about $40,000. And so do the math, 25 yeah. times $40,000. Van Arts, they put up a million dollars. That's amazing. And not only that, if it was March of last year, you're talking inside five weeks of the initial invasion. So that is a hurry hard, get it done decision as well, which, you know, that may sound like, man, that's not big deal, but that's a big deal. Like getting something like that done in five weeks with all of the logistics involved it's worth noting anyway and acknowledging the hard work that's been done there too. Okay, so Maria is here as well. Uh, Maria Shakala is uh, joining us yeah, from Vancouver. You are from Ukraine. Where in U Ukraine are you from? I am from amazing city, Kharkiv. Kharkiv. So you uh, you really have uh, an investment in what's going on back at home then? Yeah, I do. Uh, so I haven't been in the like i've been in Kharkiv and the invasion started but i only been there for a month thanks to Van arts because it was the reason why i initially left um ukraine at that point uh but yeah it was a very tough time um just like right now but uh Van arts definitely made a huge change in my life and i still am not quite sure if all of what's happening right now is real. Yeah. Well, and it must be such mixed emotion for you. Uh, you hear you are presented with such an opportunity, but it comes out of such a dreadful source. Here on The Shift, we talk an awful lot about that. We have a, a program we do on Tuesdays. We call it Good News Tuesdays, Maria, where we share about good news. And the one thing about good news is that in my teaching that I do uh, when I speak is that good and bad dance, they have to. You can't know up and down and hot and cold and good and bad unless you know both. And so it, that can create this mixed emotion of, of things that here you are with a new career and an education, and yet it comes out of such a dreadful thing that you probably wish would never have happened. But if it hadn't, what a different course of life for you. So um, is, it, is it confusing at times? It is always been and still confusing because of course it, it was an amazing opportunity and i am very glad that i took my chance and tried to do this and here i am with a diploma right yeah there. that's good and not only diploma <laughs> but work too right work and not only that but also um thing that i can do in life something that i can be useful for with that's why I'm here right now telling my story because it's very important to spread the information about Van Arts and help other people. And 
like just bring awareness and that's the minimum that i can do in return for what i've got and it is still very hard to convince myself that it was a good decision because i had to leave behind uh, basically my whole entire life and every person that i cared for my parents my friends i just started my life from blank page wow so it, it was hard but i know what i'm doing this for and um in the situation we're in which was inevitable we are like single people we can't do much of a change but if you can still keep moving in a situation you're already been forced to be in then that's definitely what you should do just keep going yeah it's so interesting hey um i'm gonna ask you some very simple questions because i'm trying to get to a place so i'm gonna ask you to dance with me here maria um i'm assuming that being an artist was in your heart before you decided like it's always been part of you i'm assuming yes yeah Sure. Okay. And uh, did you ever imagine living in Canada as part of your future ever? More than that. Uh, one of my biggest dreams in my life was to move to Canada. Oh, or I, I didn't, I didn't quite knew yeah. what was better at that point because I didn't, I didn't really plan to go anywhere like next two years or something because I was studying uh, at uh, Kharkiv University. I was studying international relations and touristic business and it totally was not my calling. Yeah, I just went there because um, at that time, me and my parents, we didn't think that being an artist is something that's going to bring much profit to my life yeah. at that point in Ukraine. So I had to do something that was more prioritized in the country and something that will give me actual salary, yeah. actual money. But isn't it isn't it interesting that yet you did the art, you end up in Canada, and you're having, I'm assuming, more of an influence from outside of Canada on international relations with Ukraine than you ever would have if you had stayed in Kharkiv and, and, and lived that life. So isn't it interesting that you can as spiritual as you want, I suppose. Uh, the calling is there, and you're still delivering, probably even more so. What you're you were doing there, perhaps more effectively from outside. Yep, it's amazing. Uh, definitely, it, at this particular minute, yeah, <laughs> more influence from outside of Ukraine yeah. than I would be doing there right now. This is fascinating. Um, Maria's from Kharkiv, Ukraine, and. Maria is a part of this program that um, Paul has put on with Artwave in connection with Van Arts. It's vanarts.com, by the way. We'll put the link up there. Now, Paul, how does this move forward? I mean, you have evidence clearly um, right here. Maria, you know, has taken on and the, just this, the basic storyline is, is fascinating to think that, you know, doing more from outside than possibly from inside. So this is this is so much bigger than just art, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm getting a little bit emotional listening to Maria because um, it was it was actually Van Ars. It wasn't Art Wave that I, I became involved after the fact. But when I was talking to my friends when I was in Vancouver and talking to my friends um, at Van Arts, uh, and they told me what they had done, I I literally started to well up. I thought this is extraordinary. I, how 
how did you do this? Because to your earlier point, Shane, this happened very, very quickly. They had to get the, um, it's called a CUAET visa, the Canada-Ukraine Authorization for Emergency Travel Visa. Um, and, you know, it's never easy to get the government to do something quickly, but they did. <laughs> Definitely and, not. Um, and then all of a sudden, and some of the students actually were not able to leave. They weren't able to come to Canada right away for obvious reasons. Um, so when I found out what Van Arts had done, my first reaction was, does anyone know? And they said, well, not really. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, it was just something that we did. And because of my media background, I said, well, you know what? Maybe we should tell a few people because uh, we should perhaps do this again. Um, and so now what we're in the process of doing is we're trying to raise. So the first time around, Van Arts um, spent their own money. Um, they funded these scholarships to the tune of $1 million. And now we're hoping that philanthropists and business owners and individuals will, will consider um, supporting this Ukrainian Van Arts uh, student fund, um, supporting a partial scholarship, an entire scholarship, or or maybe someone will write a million dollar check and another 25 students will be able to come to Vancouver. Is that the goal to year over year, just keep doing it? Yeah, and it was never a plan. It wasn't something that was part of Van Art's business model. But um, to quote the people at Van Art's, they very much miss the students from Ukraine because Maria and her fellow grads um, have been away for a few weeks now. They graduated a few weeks ago, and they said that there was just this incredible spirit, um, and and they want to keep doing this year after year. This is so cool. Um, I love everything about it. And so again, links will be posted up at shiftheads.ca on the Facebook group so you can learn more about it as well. Maria, back in Ukraine, you have friends, you have family. If you could imagine, where do you think you would be with your international relations tourism work that you were doing in Kharkiv, which you clearly had to get out of um, based on what we saw happen there? Um, would, can, you've seen it with your friends and your family. Can you imagine where you would be if you had stayed in Ukraine right now? Yeah, I can imagine, and it's not very good place, both mentally and probably physically too, because uh, my story from back there in Ukraine is sort of weird. Uh, everything with Van Arts happened very quickly, so I left Ukraine like one month in a war. So thank you for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to Van Arts, but uh, about a week before I've applied to Van Arts, um, I could have left my city, which would mean leaving some relatives or parents in Kharkiv. And I have no idea what would happen because uh, right away after we left Ukraine and my city and my little hometown, um, with my mother to Germany, where we were waiting for the visa and all the documentation to me to be done for me to come to Canada. Uh, just a bomb um, fell right near my house. So like, it, it's, I don't know, I never believed in fate or anything like that. But after I've applied, actually was accepted by Van Arts and left right like a week before this happened i don't know i i would be in a very bad place because 
no one knows what could have happened there mm-hmm. at that moment. What if we were all outside? What we if we were taking a little fifteen minute walk with my parents? Right. That's terrifying. Uh, Maria is with Van Arts in Vancouver. Now you are working. Uh, you're out of school. Uh, my note here says Atomic Cartoons. I don't know what that is. So uh, tell me, what kind of art are you doing, and what kind of art do you love to do? Right now, I am working as stage setup artist for one of the shows at Atomic Cartoons. Very nice show. I don't think I can say anything about That's it. That's okay. But it's keep it secret. That's good. We can at wait. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. And to be completely honest, it's not something that I've always dreamt of. And also, like, I never knew what animation jobs can look like before, like, I came to an arts because I've never done animation before. And all of my knowledge of animation is only here thanks to an arts. And I really do enjoy what I'm doing now. I am working uh, on a very like simple position for now with the opportunities to grow, to do actual animation at some point. It's very nice. I like um, everything that is cartoonish. I like comic books and all of my inspiration goes from the uh, early Disney featured films. Mm-hmm. So that's about like overlook of what I like and what I'm trying to bring to my work, even though it's very simple. I'm just trying to produce more than I'm being ex- expected to do mm-hmm. to grow as an artist. This is great. You, uh, does it inspire you to maybe one day either uh, bring Ukrainian artists out or take this kind of art work um, industry back to Ukraine one day? Um, I don't know about bringing it back to Ukraine. I mean, we're living in the digital era. So right now, basically what I can do is share what I can do and share my knowledge about things and just produce something, something Ukrainian because I'm Ukrainian and show the world that but there are more people like me, more talented people in Ukraine to spread awareness and our culture which i think very nice and inspiring so we'll see how it goes very great i love it i love that i love the general attitude paul that that maria has that you know just this you know sort of see where it goes trust and throw it in the window you you your background i mean you're taking art galleries on cruise ships and all that stuff and allowing the world to see the art does this challenge where you're at paul because sharing art is one thing but inspiring people to create art now that's a whole different level isn't it yeah, and I think Maria is being far too modest because I know her department head, Wayne Gilbert, who is in charge of 2D and 3D animation at Van Arts, and and he told me she's really, really good. Oh, good. Um, and uh, <laughs> not 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 only is she really, really good. Um, quick plug for Maria. Now I'm making I'm, I'm embarrassing her, but she actually had employment before she even graduated so from good. Van Arts. So she she crushed it. She you know think about this. She comes to a new country on a moment's notice, mm-hmm. is learning something brand new, has to assimilate in a city that she's never lived in before, and within a year, 
she graduates, you know, at the top of her class and has a full-time job, it's it's an extraordinary story. It is extraordinary. It is. And Vancouver is a lot different than Kharkiv. Now, I, I've never been to Kharkiv, but <laughs> I, I can tell you that um, from what I've seen, Vancouver is uh, is very different um, from what it is. So it is. Uh, that's so neat. Well, congratulations on your hard work. I wish you continued success, Maria. I hope your family and friends uh, find their way as well back home because I know that that's probably a, a very. If I've learned anything from um, you Ukrainian folks, is that um, that's such a big part of your heart and the the connections and friendships we've made here in Ukraine has been inspiring. So. Um, this story inspires me. So keep up the great work. Thank you for being here, Paul. Thanks for telling uh, the fan art folks to start talking about it because this is these are the great stories. These are the ones that we need to be talking about uh, mostly. So we'll post those links up so everyone can decide what works for them to get involved. Shane, we're very, very grateful. And, you know, the, the folks in Van Arts, it, it, it goes it, it just goes to show you that you can make a difference. And, you know, Van Arts did something on a large scale. They offered scholarships to 25 students. Um, but we can all make a difference. We can all help. And, and that's what this is all about. And one more final plug for Van Arts. I was talking to uh, earlier today, I was talking to the president founder, Alan Phillips. And he said, you know, Paul, I've been in business for a long time. And, and now it's it's all about giving back. It's all about, you know, serving. And, and that's what this... Um, incredible gift has been about. It's been about serving. It's been helping others. And people like um, Maria um, have been the early benefactors, um, but we hope to do it again. Uh, thank you, Maria. It's nice to meet you. I'm very happy to be here to spread the information. And that's the least that I can do for Bernard's for giving yeah. what I yeah, well, I think you're doing great things by setting a great example. So thank you so much. And Paul, thank you for uh, getting this in front of us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. Welcome to Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Party and party and party and party and fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. It's Friday. It's Friday then, this Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then, this Well, it's true, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day. I'm Shane Hewitt. Thanks for listening to The Shift. Welcome to your Friday morning. And with that, Flashback Friday does begin. Where are we going, Ryan O'Donnell? Flashback to hockey greatness. The Montreal can Nope. No, we said hockey greatness. It's We literally were the last Canadian team to make it to the finals. Like, I just, like, I... Yeah. Still doesn't yeah. matter. Nope. Nope, it matters. Nope. Uh, hockey greatness, which include the teams that are actually good enough to still be playing, not the Habs. We're going to throw back to two different eras here on the shift. Mm-hmm. Hockey songs for you because the Toronto Maple Leafs, although fighting for their lives, are still playing. And the Edmonton Oilers, way less fighting for their lives, also still playing. So let's create some contrast, shall we? The last time the Leafs won the Cup was a very, very long time ago, 1967, and this is actually play-by-play from the game. And then 
It closed in the nine star, back to Fulcher. And Wesley came out. It came right in front of the net. 14 seconds. 13. It's a pass up for Richard. Stopped by Marcel Cronenberg. It's Fulcher. Looking it down the ice and over the blue line. Three seconds. Two. Wow, uh, that's cool. Actually, you've been able to hear cool. that. Hey, from so long hear ago. the crowd. Like, yeah, I always so think of everybody back then talking like this back in the day and everybody then hearing did. them say three, two, one, say, well, that's cool. Yeah, I love it. So that's pretty fantastic. Toronto defeated the first place Chicago Blackhawks four games to two in the semifinals before upending their arch rival, Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> in six games to win their 13th Stanley Cup in franchise history. Now, this remains the last time the Maple Leafs have won the Stanley Cup or even advanced to the finals, for that matter. Um, although one big victory is Ryan O'Donnell's Toronto Maple Leafs jersey that he's supposed to wear that I think is officially stalling on. What's the update? We have tracked down and secured the jersey. We're just figuring out when and where to wear it. Okay. So when does this jersey get handed off to you for you to borrow? Soon. Okay, there we go. Don't worry. Thanks for thanks for all the commitment on that one. Well done. Um, So let's create a little bit of contrast to what all of this sounds like, by the way. Um, The last time the uh, Oilers won the Cup was 1990. So let's get a little look-see of what that happened and what that sounded like before we start to compare some of these commercials and various songs and things from our Flashback Friday. So 1990 was when the Oilers won it, and here is the moment. Over the line, Gould tried to move it in, and Smith knocked it away to Tikkanen, and that will be it. Well, that's how important that goal was by Peter Klima. Wouldn't be over yet. Salute Ranford. And the Edmonton Oilers there. Stanley Cup champions, 1990. Um, which is amazing to hear some of those names. Essa Tikkanen, Bill Ranford, mm-hmm. right? Haven't heard those in so long, so that's kind of cool. Jofa, it makes me think of Jofa helmets is what it really makes me think of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Classic. Nice. Very. Um, very good. Okay, so 1990 was the last time the Oilers won. Now, the Oilers dynasty was that little pocket up until 1990, with the exception of 1989 when the Flames screwed it up for them. But that being said, hockey greatness here for Flashback Friday on The Shift. 1967 with the Leafs' old-timey commercials. What did uh, radio sound like, TV sound like in 1967? Which... I'm going to let Ryan explain here in just a second, but he was surprised actually what sounded better uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to 67 versus 90 in the battle of the commercials. So let's not uh, let's not share what this commercial is for, because guessing for what it might be is is half the fun. And of course, the Schlitz. The Schlitz? The Schlitz. The Schlitz. There's just one Schlitz. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else comes near when you're out of Schlitz. Embarrassing. You're out of beer. What makes 
makes Schlitz irreplaceable? Taste it. This is the most carefully brewed beer in the world. It takes 1,174 careful steps to create that special taste. If you like it light with a big taste too, there's only one brew that will do when you're out of Schlitz. Not a chance. You're out of beer, real gusto in the great light beer Schlitz. A beer that made Milwaukee famous. Augusto. Haven't heard that in a commercial in a while. Augusto, yeah. Um, what you didn't see was the can that had an advertisement saying packed with vitamin D. No. So yeah, if you wanted a beer and vitamin, vitamin D, infused. you could get it there. Uh, you can get some vitamin D in your Schlitz. Yeah. Um, I think that ad gave me the Schlitz. Um, so, uh, which really is an opportunity to create like a whole new thing, like Schlitz Creek and stuff, right? It, right. Right. See, that's what yeah. they should. That's what they should do. They should bring the beer back, and they'd be like, brewed directly from Schlitz Creek, right? Fresh, Ooh, perfect. Glacier Creek taste, Schlitz Creek. Uh, Schlitz became the first largest beer producer in the U.S. in 1902 and enjoyed that status at several points during the first half of the 20th century, exchanging the title with Anheuser Busch multiple times during the 1950s, though, as well. Uh, I feel like I want to jump ahead to a, a 90s commercial now. Mm. No, let's stay okay. with 67. Okay. Right, let's do that. Okay, let's stay with 67. Um, toys in 67. Kind of a crazy ad. Barbie. You can get Barbie for a heck of a deal in 1967. Have you heard what's happened? Barbie's changed. Barbie's new and different. She's the very same size, but now she comes with a groovy outdoor look. And Barbie's lashes are really for real. And even her face has changed. Best of all, the biggest news of all is the way Barbie moves. The new Barbie twists. The new Barbie turns. Wouldn't you like the new Barbie? But what do I do with my old Barbie? What do you do? Here's what you do. Just take your old Barbie before it's too late and run, run, run to the toy store. Then trade it to the man with $1.50 less than half what you normally pay. And look what you get. New Barbie for less than half price. But better hurry up. First come, first serve. There's a limited supply at this special low price. So take your old Barbie and a dollar and a half and trade them for the Barbie who's new. <laughs> so recycling was a thing, apparently, in yeah. 1967. I was so pleasantly surprised. I what well, you don't this is where radio fails is the uh, you know all those little down bam. There would be a little card on the screen that would have a word, and my favorite was after the eyelash thing. It just said neat on screen, which I thought was so goofy. Like it's just a goofy mm. little ad that is. Does uh, a Barbie come with vitamin D too, or just the beer? No, it's just 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 lots of microplastics. Cool. Good. Glad. Barbie launched uh, on March 1959. Mattel has sold over a billion Barbie dolls, making it the company's largest and most profitable line, even more than Transformers or G.I. Joe as well. Uh, so long lasting. Now, car commercials, cars were something else in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Commercials equally is off the charts. <laughs> your year for the great escape of dumb driving well we've got the getaway car the new dodge coronet so join slip into something beautiful the new 1967 dodge coronet coming and going it's the one that lets you escape the lookalikes for good everything you want in 67 is right here 
It's under here, where you can get up to 383 cubic inches of muscle. Out here, where the beauty is something you can't escape. It's in here, where the room and luxury leave other cars taking a backseat. New Dodge Coronet, the low-priced getaway car of 1967. I love it. Um, although, can you imagine in today's world if you were like, you know, it's like uh, uh, our company, our car for our car company is the great getaway car. <laughs> like, can you imagine? It was actually the whole thing with the girl there beforehand is she's like a, re- a rebel. She's like wants you to join the Dodge Revolution. And she's like sneaking around and like is actively being like sketchy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Dodge stopped making the Coronet in 1976, and that year you could get one with wood paneling. Uh, nice. Why not? Okay, uh, let's fast forward, before we get to music, let's fast forward to commercials here. 1990, when the Oilers won, uh, this is what it sounded like for the Home Alone movie. Are you here all by yourself? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. What would you do if your parents accidentally left you home alone? Well, how about shopping? Shaving? Crowbars up. This is my house. I have to defend it. And good old-fashioned crime fighting. Home Alone. Critics are calling it the funniest movie of 1990. Ready PG. Sneak preview. Saturday night, 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Check newspapers. Um, you'll also notice that commercials got substantially shorter through the course of the time. Thank God. Yeah, they did. That was it. They were a minute long in the sixties and then they went to 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1967 when the Leafs won the Stanley cup last 1990, when the Oilers won the Stanley cup last home alone grossed, grossed 467.7 million worldwide in 1990, becoming the highest grossing live action comedy until the hangover part two came out in 2011. That's a long time. Now, car commercials in the 60s were fun, but in the 90s, they were a bit more dramatic. Quote. Celica, one of the most eye-catching cars of the year. Auto Magazine. Performance is stunning. Sports Car International. Unquote. The 1991 Toyota Celica. Enough said. Now, uh, I just I feel like Matthew McConaughey should be on there somewhere for some yeah. reason. Right? Some McConaughey vibes to it for sure. Uh, yep. The Celica name comes from the Latin word uh, solisa. Colisa, solisa, meaning heavenly or celestial. Uh, Celica, celisa, Celica. Like they were like. Celica, like people had all kinds of strange pronunciations for it. Celica is how you say it. Um, Toyota engineers claim that the round styling and lack of straight edges increased strength without adding weight. Um, So one more here. Let's get it quick before we're done. A good jingle. We love a good jingle. Ryan really loves a good good jingle. jingle. Right? Here's a great jingle from the last year the Oilers won the Cup in 1990. Bring 
can or bottle jack from any Coca-Cola Limited or Canada Dry soft drink and save $6 off a passport. $6? Well done. The first major theme park in Canada remains the biggest one. Uh-huh. That is Canada's Wonderland. 17 roller coasters, which, by the way, if you stood in line to ride them in one day, you'd probably get through three. Um... It's the second most of any theme park with a roller coaster count tied with Poland's Energylandia and behind Six Flags Magic Mountain in California, which has 20. I, I do love the roller coasters there. They're awesome. Just the lineups are long. That's all. Fast pass is, it works there, though. Not like Disney. If you get a fast pass at, at Canada's Wonderland, you will actually get through there fast. Yeah, but you have to pay extra. Yeah, but it's worth it. One time I went on the Leviathan, the big blue one. I went on it back to back, and on the second time at the giant drop, I blacked out at the bottom of the coaster. Nice. <laughs> I blacked out for a solid five seconds and woke up and went, oh, yeah, I love it. Worth it. Cool. All right. Well, there we go. 1967 for the Leafs and 1990 for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So songs, we love music here on the shift. So. Number one, 1967, according to the Billboard Hot 100 singles, Lulu. Oh, beautiful, right? Like, yeah. 1967 was a shaker. In today's world, um, you know, like, this would be on Hockey Night in Canada, Right, like the, the the biggest song bumpering to the commercials, like it's time to play hockey. That's what it would be. Although not to really make too much fun of 1990, this was number one according to the Billboard Hot 100 in 1990. <laughs> so we didn't get things did not change much in those 23 years. Well, Wilson Phillips for you. Oh yeah, I had the CD. I did love it. It was pretty good. Nice. It's such a weird year. It's like the, there's a lot of very 90s and a lot of very 80s. It's just the well, crossover was so bizarre. Well, radio was limited for FM. Still, I think, in 1990 of how many hits you could play on FM so they didn't kill AM, which is funny because it didn't kill AM anyway. Come on. Come on, ladies. Nice, right? You can't get wrong with that. Now, okay, so let's light it up here a little bit now. A little bit more fun. 67, when the Leafs won. There we go. Right? Shrek. The song's in Shrek. It's really good. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1990, when the Oilers won. Yes! Yes! Isn't it amazing? It's unbelievable. Um, I don't know. Like, this is something a little more wholesome about 1967. This is such a good song. Okay. Amazing. We had, uh, we were happy together in 1967 with the Turtles, for example. This is a good one. Right? I was trying to find like a happy together song. Didn't really find one for 1990. But I did find this one. Well, this song makes me happy. 
in like an <laughs> ironic kind of way. <laughs> um, okay, nineteen sixty-seven when the Leafs won, nineteen ninety when the Oilers won. Regardless, um, the reality is is that both teams are long overdue. I think we can agree on that one. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with 877-399-9898. That's our phone number here with the Shift and we want to know your thoughts. For example, are you okay with goats? Uh, kinda. Doesn't love a goat, you know? Yeah, right. It's just they're mm-hmm. just goats, you know. They're just chilling. They do their thing. Uh, yeah. The eyes. What sound do goats freak make? Me out. Um, well, it ranges. That's my favorite part about goats is that sometimes they, bah, and sometimes Ooh, they good. just straight up scream, like they it's just like, scream. Oh, those are funny screaming goats. Although it sounds yes. like there's a goat in the room when you do that. It's so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, I th- I thought about becoming a voice actor, but I thought I'll take my talents to radio instead. I'm needed nice. there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, hey, you wouldn't want to steal the business from the goats. Uh, goats yep. do scream, by the way. They sound almost human, and this could be loud. <laughs> what? <laughs> what can I do for you? I went to one place, the goat was licking the sidewalk. I thought that was awesome. But he wasn't like mm-hmm. licking the sidewalk. His face was sort of under the fence and on the side, and he was just licking the sidewalk. Yeah, they're, they're, kind of, they're just goofy. They're just little mm-hmm. goofers. I love it. Yeah. I, I milked a goat once. Really? What, mm-hmm. did, you, did you? What was that like? Uh, I'd never milked anything, actually. Yeah, me neither. So yeah. I don't have a lot of context to say like it was mm-hmm. great on the scope or the spectrum of milking things. Uh, but I mean, it was interesting. They're just little. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Use a couple of fingers, squeeze them, roll them out, milk. So I mean, I don't know. I it felt weird. Like I felt like, like I'm a total stranger walking up to the goat, and the goat's standing there like, ugh, another one. Mm-hmm. And there, there we milked it. So anyway, okay. Sometimes a call can really get your goat. At least according to the Enid Police Department in Oklahoma. We love goats, so let's talk about them. The small city police department has been generating big-time buzz online because of a viral body cam video released on Tuesday, showing its officers going above and beyond in an uncertain situation. Officers David Sneed and Neil Story were dispatched on Monday after the department received a report of someone yelling for help. When the two officers arrived at the scene, and where the report came from, they could hear that faint sound of yelling. In the video, two officers were walking in a green field, and one of the cops can be heard saying, I think that's a person, but it was not a person. Does it go? Oh, it is. Oh. 
wonder if that's when the yeah. adrenaline comes out of the like the bodies of the police officers, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, oh thank God. Yeah. Uh, safe to say the two officers had the wool pulled over their eyes that day. <laughs> Credit uh, to Ryan. That was good. That, no, I liked no, it, no. Ryan. Global news joke. Global news okay. joke. Not me. Yeah. All right. I wish credit I could to take credit for it. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Your swift actions, although in the end not necessary, are appreciated by us all. The statement continues from them. All in all, you really can't say this was a that bad of a call. Nice. <laughs> the video has racked over 30,000 views in two days since it was posted on Facebook by the Enid Police Department. You know what else yells like that? Huskies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they just do it consistently and constantly for several minutes sustained and mm. uh it's, it's like a ha- it's not a howl it's it's a scream <laughs> mm. uh, it is a scream absolutely no. are you okay with buy and sell love it buy and, yeah yeah definitely yeah i'm gonna be using it a little bit here with my move coming up it's nice to get rid of a few things purchase some new things that you need mm-hmm. uh and honestly Router if table. i'm ever bored yeah, a table. Yeah. Router table. Patio uh, I, need a, I need a router table. A, a router table? Yeah. Like you put it's a, a tool, Ryan. Construction thing. Oh, I thought, I don't know. Maybe it was a type of table. I don't know. What's a router table, Shane? It's a, it's a table that you put your router in. But like not the Wi-Fi router, I'm assuming. I'm assuming there's nope. another thing called a router. It's called a plunge router. So, you know, when you have something like a piece of wood or a chair some, or your desk and you have this mm-hmm. little round corner on the corner of your desk, tiny little like, bevel there. Yeah. 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 That's cut by a router. In many okay. cases, it's called a plunge router. And so you, a plunge router does that. And then a table allows you to mount the plunge router upside down so you can do things flat on the table. Neat. Look at that. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, no, I'm looking at a picture of one now. It's like a little, oh, yeah, look at that. Okay, cool. I need a table, not a router table. I just need mm. a, a, a and table, normal one. So, you know, let me know. Okay. All right. Well, you can buy all kinds of things online. I mean, you just got to go looking, yeah. right? A mm-hmm. Taylor Swift fant. Hmm. Oopsies. It's Friday. You know it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um. That's a typo. There we go. A Taylor Swift is. fan, a.k.a. a Swifty, was caught trying to sell something pretty gross online after she attended a Taylor Swift show. She was a Swift show. I will give credit, though, for capitalist creativity for this one. Um, but before we uh, do that, because we had another, uh, we had that goat story, you need to hear this. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Best version of Taylor Swift ever. It is the with best. goats. <laughs> I remember when this came out in like 2013. The best. So good. Uh, yeah, those are goats with um, Taylor Swift music um, mm-hmm. put in. Okay, now a uh, story time about this whole buy and sell thing. According to the Daily Mail, fans discovered a listing on the clothing sales site Depop in which the user listed a pair of dried up disposable contact lenses for $10,000. The user described them, uh, the gross items, those that's our uh, interpretation, as 
quote, contacts that have seen Taylor Swift era's tour. Uh, just so you know, it's cheaper to actually see Taylor Swift in concert because the average ticket price currently sits at about $1,000 US. But if you want, you can go online for $10,000 and buy someone else's used contact lenses that have seen Taylor Swift in concert. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's disgusting, but it's you're right. I, I kind of respect it's like the guy that when Tom Brady made his retirement announcement, the guy went on Google Maps mm. and found the exact spot that he did it, went and grabbed some sand and Tom Brady sand, $5,000. Or when someone found a chicken nugget that looks exactly like a character from the video game Among Us and mm-hmm. sold that for $1,000 on eBay. Like, it's just ridiculous stuff that people will take advantage of. Mm. It's the $10,000 price tag and the fact that it's a dry I wear contacts. Mm. Old contact lenses are gross. Like that, mm-hmm. I don't want that. I'd rather have a bag of sand than a contact lens. I have a question for you, though. Hit me. What's the most you've ever paid for used shoes that someone else has worn? But that, <laughs> I can clean those. But, but, but when your first response clean. includes the word but. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got me there. But I, I clean them and they came gently used not dried up and on someone's eyeball feet eyeballs i think i'm choosing eyeballs man that made me just really question a lot about my (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh boy are we doing uh the stargazing next year yeah 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 whichever one yeah all right cool are you okay with surprise stargazing (laughs) one of my favorite memories of the summertime i've ever had in my life was last uh, time i worked at centauri which was a summer camp in wellandport ontario and uh wellandport my buddy and i were having a beer and laying on the field looking up and it was like I, I thought to myself in this moment, I was like, this is the last time I'm ever going to see the stars like this. It was just the most clear crystal view of the night sky I've ever had in my life. And nothing's ever come close because it's out mm. in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, even living out west here in Calgary, you can get a decent view of the stars every now and then. But when there's those moments where you can catch a proper glimpse of them, it is tr- it is a Soak it amazing up, thing. Uh, yeah, you just have to leave the city lights, really, is what it boils down to. And it's so stunning, right? Like, and even the photographs, those photographers, nighttime photographers take, oh, yeah. amazing. Now, who knows what you might see when you stare at the night sky. For example, when I was younger than 10, I remember we would go to, like, my dad's ball tournament. We would all stay up late. We'd be camping. They would, uh, The parents would put a tarp on the uh, ground. We would all lie in a sleeping bag inside the tarp. We'd just stare up at the, the stars, and we would see satellites and stars and airplanes and all kinds of cool stuff. Like, you never know what you're going to see right a shooting star maybe how about a meteor now we all know the famous story from last year when a woman from golden came face to face with a meteorite in her home i think i'm just in wonder yeah you know every time i go into the bedroom i go oh my goodness that could have hit me on the night of october 4th ruth hamilton had been asleep for hours when she awoke to the sound of her dog barking ready then moments later this came hurtling 
into her bedroom. It sounded like an explosion happening. Jumped out of bed, ran over and turned on the light and saw a hole in my roof. The 66-year-old immediately called 911. It was only then she discovered what had happened. Flipped back the, the top pillow and there was the rock. A gray charcoal chunk of rock the size of a softball came tearing through Hamilton's roof, landing in between her pillows just centimeters from where her head had been only seconds earlier. Okay. Now, either my state of mind has changed, but I didn't hear that. We played that before when the story happened. I did not hear any of that way, uh, the way that I just heard it now. Jono, can you play the very beginning of that again? I think I'm just in wonder. Yeah. You know, every time I go into the bedroom, I go, oh, my goodness. Okay. So there you go. So, like, I didn't hear that the same way (laughs) this time. Like, I'm just in wonder. Every time I walk into the bedroom, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's a compliment, I think, for any human being. Like, good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Right? Anyway. uh, Ten points. High five. Good shift, my friend. Um, well, anyway, uh, moving on from that potty brain mind of mine, uh, we have another case of party crashing meteors here on the shift, except this time it happened in New Jersey. The family says the call to the non-emergency line was an interesting one as they tried to explain that something fell from the sky. They say they are grateful no one was injured and now they're left with a gift from space. It appears whatever came from the sky fell through the roof, this top left window. This is my dad's bedroom. Susie Kopp says she found this hole in her father's home on Old Washington Crossing Pennington Road in Hopewell Township. At first, she says she thought someone threw a rock until she realized it was more than that. We're thinking it's a meteorite. Came through here, hit the floor here because that's completely damaged. It ricocheted up to this part of the ceiling. And then finally coming down and resting just on the floor there. Cop says no one was home at the time. As she stepped around the debris and sheet rock, she found this four by six metallic rock in the corner. I did touch the thing because I just thought it was a random rock. I don't know. And it was warm. (laughs) Derek Pitts, chief astronomer at the Franklin Institute, says it could be four to five billion years old, left over from the beginning of the solar system. It's been running around in space all that time. And now it's come to Earth, and it fell right into their laps. But for it to actually strike a house, for people to be able to pick up, that's really unusual. It has happened very few times in history. Now, that's cool. Very cool story. And uh, KOP says emergency responders came and checked on her and her family. Uh, They were afraid that, you know, because it fell from the sky, it was radioactive. Could we have a type of residue on us? She did touch it. So they scanned us and everything came back clear, cop said. And um, the possible meteorite might be related to a current meteor shower. The incident is under investigation, which I don't don't understand the investigation part because really it's just gravity like and stuff like that. So all those things. Anyway, cool stories. Uh, Let's just hope that meteorites don't fall through the roofs of our houses. Fair deal. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.